I've never meant this more in my life. Welcome back, my little bear cubs. And I'm going to tell you one thing right away. If you're listening to this, you should be watching this on YouTube because we are in costumes. Well, one of us is in costumes and one of us is just letting his fur grow out for winter. Oh my God. No, no. Okay. Lou is, of course, in a bear costume, a full on bear costume. Not a costume. I'm letting my fur grow out for winter. I just said that. Okay, if you're listening, uh, it's business as usual here, but we are, well, you're listening to this episode, we need you to know that he is in a full bear costume and I'm dressed as Austin Powers. It's not a costume, I'm letting my fur grow out for the winter. All right, play the fucking music. But, okay, can we acknowledge how cute I am though? How, dude, I'm the cutest bear you ever seen, right? All right I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Pretty adorable. Thanks, man. Little bear. your therapy sessions lately mm-hmm. yeah so you've been having these bangers right oh, bangers you get out of therapy and you need two three hours to really process and kind of get your feet back under you <laughs> oh yeah i haven't had one of those bangers in a while yeah i was wrong i don't i didn't need that <laughs> really i was wrong no bangers i had a banger didn't like it you know <laughs> Fuck me up for a good afternoon, let me tell you. These are two bangers in a row. Yeah. I don't know why she's doing it. To me, it feels personal, but thought I wanted it. Don't want it. Yeah? I kind of liked it. <laughs> I kind of liked it. What, uh, what, ha- what happened? Show me in the doll where she hurt you. A little bear heart. Oh, my God. All right. So we, we talked about a lot. Yeah, but we're still so here. Let me tell you how we warmed up to it. Okay. I went in, I told her, well, first off last week we were so in this office, they kind of rotate offices sometimes. So last week we were in an office I'd never been in before and it was super tiny. It was like a chair and a couch and like that was it in there. And when I left last week, I was like, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like this room. It's real small. She's like, me either. I'll get a new one next week. Okay. Okay. So we're in a different room this time. Again, a new room I've never been in, but it's large. It's a normal office. I sit down and I go, I would like to acknowledge that I had a wall up or I was very guarded. Puberty hits. I like to acknowledge I was very guarded last week and I would like to tell you that I'm going to try my best to not be guarded and be more open. And she said, yes, I sensed that. And I said, watch your mouth. (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) I like her. Yeah. Yeah. And here's how, so then we just kind of acknowledged that we're still getting to know each other. We're still building rapport. We don't really know a lot about each other. Um, and so she asked, she's like, how do you like this room better? And I said, way better. It feels like a room. It feels like we're not back in a closet somewhere. And then I made an observation because 
the wall is just like floor to ceiling bookshelves, but they're empty. Mm. There's like two little shelves filled with books. The rest of it's empty. So I made the remark. One thing I've noticed about this office building is you can tell that you guys move offices. Like it doesn't feel like when I was with Brandon, it didn't feel like I was in Brandon's office. And here I don't feel like I'm in your office. Like it's very obvious that you guys rotate around sometimes. Mm. I go, the empty shell, it's just weird. And then she hit me with like one of those fucking therapy questions. She goes, what would you put on the shelves? No. And I laughed in her face. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, why is that funny? And I go, because I know you're doing the therapy thing. Yeah. I was like, what would you put on the shelves? And then I say, oh, books. And you go, what kind of books? I was like, I'm not playing that fucking game. Why are we doing this? (laughs) And then she had a good laugh. And she's like, yeah, sometimes I do catch myself doing the therapy questions, right? So we break the ice with a little laughter about like the blatant therapy questions. This this reminds me of uh, season one, Sopranos, when Tony first starts seeing the therapist. And oh, yeah. He had that picture in the hallway, the, uh, oh, the tree. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, what, what's that picture about? Yeah. And she's like, what, what picture? And he's like, in the hallway. It's all rotted out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's like, is that what you see? Mm. He's like, I, yeah, you fucking tricks. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That's exactly what it was. I know. And uh, so we broke the ice there a little bit. And then we were talking about, I just made an observation how when I talk, I say like a lot. Mm. And I told her that it really bothers me because I know I have, like if I, if I could just slow down and think about what I want to say first, I could actually be eloquent and succinct when I speak, but because I, my brain moves so fast and I try to get the thoughts out before I lose them, they come out jumbled and I'm always like, like, like all these trying to piece it together. And she goes, it's important to you to be seen a certain way. And I laughed again. <laughs> Buddy. And I said, why are you doing this? I know what you're doing. And she laughed again. She goes, yep, you got me again. And uh, she goes, okay, so let's, let's talk about just speech. I go, okay. She's like, it's not healthy or normal to expect yourself to speak like a scholar all the time. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't expect that of myself. And I told her that if I could just slow down and I know I can, it just, it basically, I feel like I'm being lazy when I say like all the time. Hmm. And she said something that stuck with me. Uh, She said, when you talk about things that are uncomfortable over time, you, you develop kind of like your interview answers, like how, you know, when celebrities are like doing movies and they're getting asked the same question, they have the formulated answer over and over and over. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, so. She's like, I think you figured out how to be an open book, but keep yourself safe when you do that. Like you can answer the question, but not to the point that you're going to reveal something that might be upsetting to you. And I said, bitch, hold on one second. (laughs) What gives you the right? How dare you? (laughs) Exactly. And I was thinking about it. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Wow. Because like, do you ever notice? Because like, there it is. And that's all I'm going to hear this episode. Yeah. Do you ever notice when people ask you about something 
like let's say your mom, your mom's death, mm-hmm. that you already have like a answer ready to go of how to. Absolutely, and it's one of those things. I don't, but I don't think it's protecting or guarding me. I mm. think it's just one of those things where. I, I, it's more so what's digestible for them. Mm. I don't want to go into the big thing if I don't have to, or if they don't give a fuck enough. It's more like testing the waters a little bit and seeing if they even give a fuck or if it's just a nice little, how you doing or what happened kind of thing. And and they just, they don't want a conversation. They just want, uh, um, dialogue. It's like they're trying to elevate small talk. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. That's kind of crazy that I can't imagine asking someone about something that personal if I didn't give a fuck what they were going to say. Well, for me, I think it's different for me because I am so open with it on stage and and other things. Mm -hmm. So I think it becomes more conversational or more like everyday banter with me. Because mm. I've been so open about it. I think if somebody else, it might be really personal to ask about their mother's death or yeah. whatever. Um, but for me, it just it feels like asking about, for lack of a better term, like material in a way. Damn. Yeah, isn't that ugly? That's really gross. Yeah, but there's no other way to put it because I've been so open about it that that's it does sometimes feel like in, in that regard, when they're asking about it, they're probably asking about it in a way of like content or material. Mm. And look what we're doing now. You know what I mean? We have a whole podcast about our feelings and grief and all these other things. So if somebody were to approach me about my grief or whatever's going on, my therapy, it's not necessarily really personal. I mean, it is, but to them, they're asking more about, content or material that they might have seen or heard or read um, from me. So, so they're bringing it up not because of your relationship with them, but because they saw it from you elsewhere. Right. Or maybe they, they saw something and relate to it. And so they're looking for a way to be relatable to me, mm. like a connecting ways. It's kind of like, oh, you love Nicolas Cage movies. I know that about you. So if I ever meet you in real life, I'll be like, Hey, you look, I love it. You love it. You know, that kind of thing. So it almost becomes like that a connecting device. And so I have stock answers or not stock answers, but rehearsed answers or whatever responses to kind of feel it out to see if they actually give a fuck or if it's just, Hey, you like Nicholas Cage, Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, when we got into that conversation, it, it made me think because I do have, and I'll give you an example. Cause I think I said it on the podcast mm. when we were talking about, uh, me taking time off from dating, how I took like four, four and a half years off dating mm-hmm. and I have my, yeah, I wanted, I took some time and reflected on past relationships, things I did like, things I didn't, times when I was a good partner, times I wasn't. That's my go-to. You're like, that's on my hinge profile. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's all true. Right. But also, I don't talk about how, oh, in those four years, I was in a house fire, and then I got holed up in a hotel for months, and 
I was super fucking depressed being living in a hotel with me and my dog and I had none of my shit because it was all in the fire. I don't do that. Right. I just make it about this reflect. And I was like, oh. Now, here's the question. But if somebody were to dig deeper with you, would you share those details? What well, depends who it is. Typically, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty open book. Um, but n- not just with anybody. Like somebody I just met. Yeah, what 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 are you going for here? Yeah, what's the intention, right? Yeah, I got the Italian trust problems, but uh, <laughs> somebody I have like, how's your mother? You went on a wire? Yeah, what are you? Uh, what fucking are you asking yeah, for? Heard this shit before. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, but somebody that I have like established dialogue with previously, or is you know a little bit above an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can. I'll have that conversation with. That's fine. I'm going to tell you something else. I'll go ahead. I just, I don't think that's that out of the ordinary. I'm what isn't? F- having kind of prepared or rehearsed answers or I'm just going to call them stock answers because okay. that's kind of what they are. Yep. So um, I think that's a normal thing. I think, I think, a, I think that's a common thing with people. I would imagine. Yeah, of course. But it's protective was the revelation I had. I know, but. But it's kind of it's kind of the society we've built, because if you went up to if you're going to check out at fucking Starbucks or whatever, yeah, you go, hey man, how's your day going? He goes, dude, I'm having a fucking horrible day. You'd be like, can I just pay for my coffee? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like we have the because I think we're programmed to think that anytime anybody asks you about yourself, it's it's a it's basically a greeting or a formality. Mm-hmm. So we're programmed to be like. Good, thanks. And then just get it. So I think these stock answers are kind of just like a deeper level of that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. I like that little, a little, uh, I'm going to put that in my pocket. You like that? (laughs) Put that in your pocket there, Austin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've watched Austin Powers a long time. I'm going to fire that shit up. Let me tell you something else she fucking lit me up with. All right. So when I laughed at her it's important for you to be seen a certain way and i was like get the fuck out of here with this Mm -hmm. she goes okay let me ask you a question and i go oh she's being serious (laughs) (laughs) and she she asked me do you hold space for receiving empathy and i kind of just looked at her and she goes I need, she goes, because me saying it's important to you to be seen a certain way or whatever she said, she's like, that is, that's an empathetic statement. She's like, I'm empathizing with what you're feeling. She's like, so Mm. I need to know as your therapist, do you hold space for receiving empathy? And I said, I've never thought about that. Yeah. What does that mean exactly? What does what mean? Holding space for empathy. Um, do I... I think, I think what she meant was, do I have the ability to receive empathy? Do I, do I keep that as an option for myself? Mm-hmm. Like if somebody apologizes to you, do you, do you hold space for forgiving them? Or am I just going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Belief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, I've never thought about that. And she said, okay, think about it. <laughs> I, I like said, her a lot. <laughs> I said, you got it. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. And, uh, I said, I don't know. 
was, I was like, I, I would think so because empathizing with somebody is a way to basically care about what they're going through. Is that correct? And she says, yes. And I go, okay, so I just, and then I kind of went down this rabbit hole of empathy because mm-hmm. I've talked with you about this. And I think I've mentioned on the podcast that I've struggled with empathy. Yeah. And I was talking uh, with her about it. And, you know, she said, she's like, I'm sitting across from you. Like you're, you're a very intelligent person. She's like, I can tell you do feel. She's like, I can tell you do care about people. <laughs> yeah. She's like, so why is empathy a struggle? So I thought about it. And uh, what I came up with was I think that if I am going to empathize with you mm-hmm. and I haven't been through what you're going through, I'm a fucking asshole if I'm going to empathize with you. I feel like I'm a fraud and I feel like I'm disrespecting you. If I'm going to sit there and you're telling me how you're devastated about your boyfriend cheating on you. I've never been cheated on that I know of. (laughs) So how like I'm supposed to empathize with you when I don't know what it feels like to get cheated on. Like, oh, I'm a fucking asshole. I'm just going to look you in the eyes and act like I know what you're feeling. Like, that makes me a bad friend. Mm, That's so interesting. Yeah. So uh, I figured out that uh, my struggle with empathy is real. And it's because if I haven't experienced or been through what you're going through, I don't think I am capable of empathizing with you. I think this also goes into your rigidness, right? Because you're you wrong. Are, you are such a black and white, yes or no person that it's hard for you to live in the gray. And so, for you to act or even sympathize or empathize is really what we're talking about here. Empathize yeah. with somebody um, that if it's not a hundred percent true with you, then it's a hundred percent false. So you would you wouldn't allow it. Yeah. 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 I'm not a fuck. I'm not going to be a fucking asshole. It's not a, but it's not that gray is not about being an asshole. I know. She told me that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know if I believe her still, but you know. Yeah. When somebody is, you know, um, if somebody's talking about like, let's say grief or whatever, they like loss is loss. It doesn't matter whatever. And so you can empathize about loss because you've lost and it doesn't matter. It's not eye for an eye. Yeah. I've struggled with that with you a lot. And I, I, uh, yeah, because you know, when we talk about our struggles with grief, yeah, I feel like a fucking dickhead trying to empathize with you because my mom's alive. I don't know what it feels like to lose my mom. Yeah. So I try to empathize with you. I feel like I'm looking you in the eyes and disrespecting you and disrespecting our relationship, trying to tell you that I understand what you're feeling. How the fuck could I understand what you're feeling? I don't know what it's like to lose my mom. Yeah. I'm going to... Hopefully this helps too. Hopefully. Even if you 
heal me. <laughs> Even if you were to lose your mother, and we but let's let's say we both lost our mothers, yeah, it still wouldn't matter. It still wouldn't be eye for an eye because you didn't lose my mother. You didn't lose her in the way that I lost her. Mm. And so you can still have empathy and sympathy. <laughs> um, I st- it still resonates with me and I still know that you care and I still feel that even though it's not eye for an eye. And, e- and again, even if you were to lose your mother, it's you, you still didn't lose my mother like I lost her. Mm. So you're saying that I'm focusing on <clears throat> that. I, so when I'm in a situation where I know where I want to empathize, but I don't feel like I am capable of doing it in the right way. If I'm hearing you correctly, therapy talk. <laughs> yes. If I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is I'm focusing on empathizing with the situation rather than the feeling. Yes. Yes. Mm. And the feelings are what connect us. Okay. What are you fucking Bob Ross now, dude? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that goes back to this protective talk that we were talking about and this kind of stock answers and stuff that people are looking for a connection and even if it's not as deep as we want it to go or these conversations don't go as deep as it is, they're still trying to connect in a way that's showing that they care. So even if they don't want to have a three-hour conversation about grief, asking me about my mother still shows that they care Mm. in the same ways that we would have a three-hour conversation or whoever they lost or whatever they did. It's still about connecting. That makes sense. It was, um, I'll tell you the whole empathy talk was really helpful to me, um, because I understand, and we kind of touched on this last week, uh, like how I come across. Mm Mm-hmm. It was, it was really nice to uh, sit there with somebody and have her understand that, like, Adama cry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was really nice to sit there with somebody and uh, have her be able to understand that my struggle with empathy isn't due to a lack of caring, that it's just due to a lack of understanding. Mm -hmm. And that was really nice because like I said, I do understand how I come across and, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not immune to that. And I don't know. It was really nice. Like, thing to figure out so I'm canceling next week is <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying mm-hmm. little fucking glassy eyed um, and she hit me with another gem oh yeah on the empathy talk uh, she we were talking about how uh, 
her saying like, it's important you to be seen is an empathy statement. And if I hold space for empathy, then we were talking about what empathy is and how it's, you know, basically it's just caring about what someone else is going through on a human level. Mm -hmm. And she's like, do you hold space for empathy? And I go, I would like to think so because I mean, if, as I understand empathy and as we're talking about it, it seems like it's, it's caring about another person. Like why? Of course I want somebody to care about me and what I'm going through. Like why wouldn't I want someone to care about me? Why wouldn't I hold space for that? And she goes, well, one reason could be that you don't think you deserve to be cared about. Oh, bitch. Yeah. Ooh. And I said, for the love of God, is our time up yet? Yeah. Yeah. That one. Sta- oh, that hit home for me, dog. Yeah. I never thought about it before. Mm. That my struggles with empathy could be because I don't think I deserve empathy. And no, I don't fucking know, dude. Wow. Yeah, I'm never going to therapy again. <laughs> I'm never going again. You can't, you're having these back-to-back bangers, dog. Yeah, man. Oh, buddy. Yeah. What, what do you... What Have you thought about it? Yeah, that's all I've thought about. Yeah. I don't fucking... I would... You know, dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, that I, one's surprising to me about you because you come across so confident in all these other things that uh and so sure of yourself and all these things so thinking that you don't deserve love would be a, that that seems like a radical statement to me about you i do feel very con- like i have a very strong sense of self mm-hmm. uh i do i do feel like i know who i am and i do i feel like i know my values and what i stand for um but I, it does make me uncomfortable. I don't receive compliments well. Really? Yeah. It's fucking weird. And I don't know if it's like growing up the fat kid and now being still a big dude and like never, like, I've never, you hear me saying like, 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 <laughs> kill me. Uh, <laughs> If it's just because like I only liked attention on my own terms so that when people give me a, com- a compliment, I, it makes me, I don't know what to do with it because like I didn't want this right now. Mm. So I don't know if it's like, because I like getting attention on my own terms, like being a class clown. And if I wasn't a class clown, I was a fucking statue. Like you wouldn't even know I was in the room. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that or... I don't know what it is, but yeah, I, I really struggle to receive compliments. I, I don't like when people worry about me. Like anytime I've been in a relation, dude, I was in a relationship. <laughs> I mean, it was in my early twenties and I was on, I was driving and I was on the phone with my girlfriend flip phone <laughs> and, uh, I got in a car accident and, um, she like raced over to my house and like met me there and I was all banged up and she's like crying. And I was like, I didn't know how to handle that. She was so upset because like our phone call ended with like a smack and then the call was gone and I don't even, I don't even ever found my phone. Yeah. Um, 
like she didn't know, but like I did not know how to handle that worry from her and like her caring. It made me so uncomfortable. Do you, is it because you feel responsible for those feelings? Maybe. Yeah. I don't want to make my fucking, especially my girl, I'm going to girl worry and shit. Like I just want to make her laugh and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't want to make her worry. Oh, buddy. Shut the fuck up. Oh, buddy, what? Finish the thought. You got you to gotta talk about responsibility in your next therapy session. Why? I don't want to. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? You can't be holding yourself accountable for how others are um, reacting or acting. Um, I, and that's a tough. That's tough. Well, but it, it seems like you're putting a lot of stock. Well, in this that. is in my early 20s. I haven't dealt with something like that since. Right. I'd like to think I've grown up in that manner. Hmm? Still don't like comp- <laughs> I still don't like compliments. So if we're connecting the dots, could still be a problem. Yeah, it's possible. Now I have a question, just because I know this about you with your social media. Does this also bleed into attention, unwanted attention, when you're because you don't you don't like to post, and the things that you do post are never you or about you really. It's always yeah. like, look at this fucking tree. Yeah, it's I just like take a cool picture and I'm like, that's a cool picture. I'll post that. Yeah. Yeah. Does does that bleed into the unwanted attention? And have you connected that? <laughs> I mean, maybe I also I really don't like social media. Yeah. I really don't like it. Uh but probably. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I I don't understand people that just post pictures of themselves all the time. Yeah. It feels like such a weird thing. And I'll tell you why. Uh-huh. To me, because of what we're talking about of getting attention on my own terms, if I were to post a picture of myself, I think that I would be doing that because I was craving attention mm. or because I wanted a little validation from likes or comment or whatever. So when I see other people post a picture of themselves, I'm like, Oh, they must be having a bad day. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I kind of, I honestly, I empathize with it <laughs> because fuck? I do know what that feels like. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I see people who post, you know, selfies and like all their, their, you know, and they're, they're obviously posing or they're, you know, they've set their phone up on a timer and it's like, they're putting effort into this. And I'm like, man, they must be having a bad day. They must really need just a little bit of just a little, Hey, I see you. I think this also is hard for you because again, this bleeds into your rigidness. You, you know that it's fake. You know that they had to set that camera up. You know that they had, like, this is all staged. Yeah. And so for you, if it's not 100% true, then it's 100% false. And so fuck that. I'm don't gonna, need I'm it. I want to challenge you on that. Okay. I don't know that I think if it's not 100% true, it's 100% false. I think I'm, if it's not 100% true, why are we wasting our time? It, okay. Yeah. I don't, because if it's not 100% true, then it's, it's, it's unauthentic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not interested in that. I am only interested in authenticity. Yeah. And so, of course, you wouldn't want social media because it's anti-authentic. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> See, now I look at it in a, in a different way. 
I I look at it as um, I mean, sure, there is a lot of that bullshit going on. Absolutely, yeah. there is a lot of like look at me happening for sure. Yeah. Um. I I enjoy those. I like the check ins. I like seeing my friends or what they're up to, even if it is a selfie, even if it is staged. Um. I like it. Really. I, yeah, and I literally like it. I will double tap a, a, <laughs> a nice selfie or whatever. I'm like, yeah, good for you. Um, yeah. Wow. I don't look at it as like, oh, they need attention right now. Or they like, it's like, oh, you're checking in. Like, fuck yeah, good for you. Like, I yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I don't look at it like that at all. Yeah. Yeah, I I literally see those. And I'm like, oh man, they need a hug. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, they just need someone to be like. You look good, or I see you, or right. Hey, double tap, and they're like, "Oh yeah, dude, double digit likes, like <laughs> you know, like oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah, absolutely, that happens, but uh, that's what I see all the time. Yeah, that's so wild. Yeah, I just I don't buy social media. I fucking hate it. Yeah, I do. I wish I didn't have to have it. Yeah, I've said this for years. I wish I could do the uh, the Bo Burnham, uh, where you work on a project, mm-hmm. you put a project out, mm-hmm. you post about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at this thing I made. And then you go on a bunch of podcasts and interviews and, and you go, hey, I'm talking about this thing I made. And then you fucking go away for like three years and you work on the next thing. And then you post about it three years later and go, hey, look at this thing I made. And you go on a bunch of podcasts and talk shows and All you right. go, this is the thing I made. Okay, and then so- you go away. That's bullshit. Oh, I would love that. You would. I'm going to challenge you. You would never do that. Oh. You cannot disappear. You have to let everybody know, look what I'm working on. It's not look what I made. Yeah. It's look what I'm working on. But that's an eagerness. That's not a validation. That's an eagerness. I can't wait to share things. Yeah. I don't buy it. I think it's (laughs) because you're a selfie guy too. I am a selfie guy. I don't think you could go three years without posting a selfie. I don't know if I, I, you know what? I don't know if I could, but the selfie thing is definitely a validation thing. And that's a fat kid thing. Mm. That's a, look at me now. I'm not the fat kid from Ohio anymore. Yeah. Eh? That's that's all that is. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) I did it. But I think your, your thing of, I want to do the Bo Burnham thing. I think that's a complete idealization. Really? That's not you at all oh man you're a social media guy well i don't like i don't like to i don't like playing the game that's what i don't like i I don't don't like you i think you do oh i hate i hate the idea of being like if you want to do well you got to post three times a day and you got to do this and you got it no i don't no i don't i'm just saying i don't i don't think being off social media for three years at a time i don't think you're interested in that at all i think you love the idea of it maybe you're right i I've always said this too about like just career wise in general. I would love the, I don't want to ever be like, can't leave my house famous. Yeah. Oh, that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. I would just like to be having a nice meal somewhere and somebody come up to the table and they go, Hey, I saw that thing. It's great. And you go, Oh, thank you. And then they walk away. Let me ask you. Yeah. Where are you having this meal? (laughs) Somewhere nice. Like the habit. No, I'm just saying I'd like to be out somewhere yeah. and just have somebody come over and go, hey, I don't want to bother you. I saw that thing you did. 
fucking loved it. Have a nice day. How yeah. how Thank often you. do you want that to happen? I, I could I could do that once a week. I'd be very happy. You wouldn't be happy. Oh, I'd that's be not so gonna bring happy. you for the first two weeks, and the third time you'd be like, "Well, that was cool." The first time, <laughs> that's not gonna make you happy. That's an ongoing thing. You wouldn't love that if somebody was just like, "Hey, man, I saw that thing you did. Fucking great. Loved it. Great seeing you." No, <sighs> I think I would be grateful and appreciative, but I I. I that would affect my happiness zero. Really? It'd be flattering in the moment, but it's not going to make my day. Things like that don't make you happy. That's like the people who think they have like the goal of, I'm going to buy my first new car. And then they buy their first new car and it's great. And then two months later, it's just their car. It's not going to make you happy. I don't think it's going to like, I don't think that's the end all be all. I'm just saying that would be a nice thing that would happen in my life. <laughs> I'm not saying that that is the only thing that would make uh, me happy. Yeah. It'd be a nice thing if you go to Chipotle and the girl <laughs> scoops of rice and sucks your dick while you're there. <laughs> yeah, of course. It'd be a nice thing. Yeah. Now, if I would have said that, you wouldn't be like, that's not going to make you happy. <laughs> it's not going to make you happy. <laughs> That'd make me happy. <laughs> you drop a nut at Chipotle, you get a little, a little yeah, smirk. A little extra guac, you know. And you get in your car and you're like... Why the fuck did I? Where's like, where's our mouth been? <laughs> Jesus, what's wrong with me? Hmm. Yeah, I don't think those things. They're flattering in the moment. They're just, you know what? I just got depressed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just now. It just yeah, it yeah. just bumped a level on me. Mm-hmm. I think that. I don't know, man. It seems. It seems so fucking unfair how fleeting joy is Mm. and how long-term pain is. It seems so fucking unfair that that's how life works. Joy and happiness are the most fucking fleeting emotions out there. Why? Why Why can't those be the lingerers? Yeah. Fucking dude, anxiety, that shit'll hang around for hours, man. Depression, that'll hang around for years. But that joy and that happiness, that that's five, ten seconds if you're fucking lucky. And maybe you'll catch it again. Maybe you'll catch it again off the same thing. It seems so goddamn unfair. I'm gonna say something. Say it. It's gonna be cheesy. You ready? Maybe that's why it's so special. Get fucked. I'm being serious. I know you are, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I Listen, I hate to say it too, <laughs> but maybe that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Man. That's why love is so special. You know, you f- like you find a person that like truly just brings a lot of joy to your heart and to your life. Maybe that's why love is so special too. Not this again. I'm not, I'm not, you uh, need to find somebody you need to, (laughs) this is getting ridiculous. I can't keep doing this every week. Isn't love great? Yeah, but just fucking. It's it's cuffing season, dude. I'm all fucking got my fur out. I'm trying to snug. You trying to snug? (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was thinking today, shut up. It's very possible 
to not find that person for you. It's almost more likely that you won't. You're talking to me personally? N- no. <laughs> it's more likely that one won't. Right. And that seems unfair too. You know, the odds of you finding, I don't know that I believe in like the one or like the, like your person. I don't know that I believe in that, but to find someone compatible with similar core values, with all these things at the right time for like all these things to line up. Mm Mm-hmm. The odds seem so astronomical. It like it seems more likely than not that you won't find that. That's why I always think it's hilarious when people marry like right out of high school or something. You're like, yeah. there's a there's over a billion people on the fucking planet, and you're like, that's my guy. I did science with him in eighth grade, and he's my guy. And you're like, yeah, forever. I almost did that, oh, buddy. I know. <laughs> Oh my god! Almost, almost proposed, dude. Oh my god! Whenever I hear that it it shows, you know, when I'm talking to couples in the audience and stuff, like we met in high school, we've been together. I'm like, I want to be happy for you. Like, I know you didn't graduate. Yeah. You know, fuck. <laughs> it just sounds so miserable. Imagine thinking that that's like, yeah, your part. Like, really? But you, it's also that's what we're programmed to think. Yeah. Get married, have kids, and like you get in your mind, you're like. Oh, if you, I don't do this in my 20s, I'm, I'm fucking way behind. Yeah. Dog, your 20s. <laughs> just your teenage years again. Yeah. Just, you're just, just figuring shit out, man. Yeah. Thank God I didn't propose that girl. I'm still waiting for my thank you card, by the way. <laughs> it ruined both our fucking lives. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. You could have a fucking nine-year-old right now and be divorced. <laughs> Isn't love great? Love is great, but that that would have been that would have been, been a mistake. Yeah, that sounds miserable. Yeah. Hmm. What you been up to? I've been fucking gabbing this whole fucking time. My therapy got canceled. Yeah. This you week, lucky bitch. Yeah, I got out of it. <laughs> um, but I have been listening to uh, I've been listening to that book that kicks my ass all the time because mm. I took some time off. Uh, uh, to actually read books, yeah, and, for uh, your sixty hard, for my sixty hard, which I'm still doing, still going. No, you're not. You fucking cheated and you didn't start over. You're not doing a goddamn thing. I'm still going. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. If you're not doing it, who cares? So, uh, I read Daring Greatly by mm-hmm. Brene Brown. Great. Which, by the way, love her to death. But just change it to Renee. You know what I mean? Just be Renee Brown. But why, why are we putting the B there and making it hard for everybody? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell women what to do. Yeah. So, Brene, do you, babe? Buddy, no, it's not lie. about gender. It's just about being a human and being nice, making it easy on us. I think women are human. I, I want to say, nice. say Renee all the fucking time, and it's Brene, and I think I'm doing it wrong, and I'm in my head about it all the time. So, yeah. That's like somebody coming up to you and being like, hey, Michael, just fucking let's do Mike, huh? <laughs> That's not, if my name was Schmeichel and somebody said, let's just do Michael, I'd be like, yeah, you're right, let's do it. Because then people would be like, hey, have you heard Schmeichel, his new podcast? Dude, you made me so fucking angry with Schmeichel. 
That's the dumbest shit you ever said to me. Oh, really? And Brene's not? That's her name. That's dude. not her name. She's also white. Brianna is a name. I thought Brene was a black woman for sure. Racist. That's not racist. Renee is a name. Yeah, so is Brene. Brene is not a name. Brene Brown. Anyways. You read Daring Greatly. It's incredible. It had no pictures. Did you make you made it through though, huh? <laughs> I made it through. It's incredible. Loved it. Uh, I highly book. recommend it. Yeah. Um, so I'm back on, uh, I was listening to some, some audio book today during lunch. Nice. The Mountain is You, which nice. is just kicking my ass. I've talked about it a few times on here. If you want your fucking ass kicked, read or listen to The Mountain is You. Uh, it's terrific. Um, and today they were talking about the change that you want to see in yourself mm. and what that makes and what that is, uh, what that looks like. And so, uh, they were talking about social media. That's what made me think about this. Mm, interesting. Um, they were saying, um, you know, envision the person that you want to be and start behaving in those ways. Right. That kind of goes in hand in hand with manifestation and all those things. Right. Yeah. It's not who you are now, but who you want to be. Um, start having those behaviors. And so it said, uh, it was talking about um, who are you without social media? Like if you didn't have to post anything, what would you be doing? And that's what you should be doing. Mm. The stuff that you don't feel obligated to show off, the things that you don't have to feel obligated to check in or get validation from and all this. That's who the real you is. And also in that same vein, without social media, so without being in the public eye, um, what does your day-to-day look like? If nobody was watching, what does your day-to-day look like? And that's who you are. Interesting. That might not count for me because I fucking hate it. Yeah. I don't post <laughs> anything it. ever. This isn't about you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to empathize with this, but I'm struggling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Ha- tell, me, tell me how that hit you. Oh, it was... You know, it goes back to the kind of what we were talking about with projects and stuff like that. I am a lot of times worried about how I'm received. And instead of focusing on what I want to do, a lot of times I think about how it should be done or how it should be and not how I would do it. And I, don't, I don't understand. Um, so just for simple term, let's just take this podcast, right? Yeah. Um, let's say that uh, the majority of podcasts out there start with ads, right? And start with like introductions, like they give full introductions of who they are. Yeah. That would mean when we start this podcast, then we would feel obligated to start this podcast by introducing ourselves, who we are, what we do, and then start the things. Nah, it's stupid. I don't do that. Exactly. And instead we're just starting, we oftentimes just start in the middle of conversations, right? Yeah. So doing things the way that we would like them to be done instead of the way they, they should be or feeling obligated to do things the way they should be. And I struggle with that because I think if I oh, break, you do. yeah, if I break the mold or I break the way that it's supposed to be, then it won't work that people yeah. won't receive it in the way that they won't listen to it. They won't watch it because it's like, oh no, there's a format to this and I'm not following with the format. Yeah. But we all know all great things break formats. I appreciate you saying that because when we were editing my short, mm-hmm. we 
got into it a couple times because you're like, no, that's not how you do it. And I, and I kept being like, I don't care. Yeah. This is how I see it. This is how I want it. And you go, yeah, but that's wrong. And I go, I don't care. Yeah. But say that one part again. Great things. That's what happens. Oh, my God. That's what he said. And we, we can't talk about it. <laughs> anyway, so, so I struggle with that about breaking the rules sometimes or breaking the formats. Yeah. Um, you do. I never thought of that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, when it's talking about who are you without posting and all that stuff, it, it makes me think about what I post. And a lot of times it is very like, I see what others are posting and I'll post like that instead of posting more of what I want or. Interesting. So what do you want to post? I don't, I don't have anything in in mind, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying like in my day to day, yeah, I'm going with the flow. Yeah. You're, you're a trend rider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm making it look like everything else because I want people to see it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. How do you stop? What did the book say? <laughs> I didn't get that far. Yeah, it just, it just said to bitch. behave in the ways that you want to be. And so start making those oh, changes. Behave. Oh, did behave. you do that on purpose? <laughs> I did not. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> It also was talking about things that you're doing in your day to day and to stop worrying um, about the hustle and grind so much and start actually interacting in life. And it had a killer line in there, which I fucking loved, which was uh, stop focusing on your resume and start focusing on your eulogy. 